It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast here on this Thursday morning. Eric Kane with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. And big shout out to Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of ailments. Of course, a lot of us are suffering from those spring allergies. I know it's turning spring into summer, but you need to check out Smoky Mountain Organics if you're uh, dealing with that pollen or if you're lack thereof. You can visit one of the three locations located in East Tennessee, including the location in Knoxville. It's across the street from the Trader Joe's. The address is 8018 Kingston Pike, or check out their website at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Tons and tons, as you'd expect, of recruiting to get to here on this edition of the Mailbag Podcast, and we'll go ahead and jump right down into it. This is from Go Vols 2000. AP, I know we killed it in this past weekend in recruiting, but I'm still worried about three main positions, running back, linebacker, and cornerback. Any updates on these positions or any guys that we that are standing out at these positions? Well, with running back, I, that's to me the biggest question mark. I mean, what are they going to do there? You know, um, I think the most likely, you know, situations are Jeremiah Cobb, Deshaun Bishop, there's a kid in Louisiana that Tennessee likes, um, you know, but again, I always like, you know, <laughs> I always kind of go back to, you know, if you're a Louisiana kid and you're, you know, LSU doesn't want you, what's, what's the problem, you know, unless they're just loaded, you know, and that's sometimes the case, um, you know, linebacker, you talk about T Lander, you talk about Cameron Robinson, you know, Tennessee's, certainly going to keep swinging at C.J. Allen, and they got a shot there. It's just going to be really hard because Georgia wants him, and he's a he's a kid that just has a lot of people around him pushing him to Georgia. Um, you know, as far as corner, Christian Conyers is going to do something in early July. That's Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, Jakeem Jackson, you know, Florida's pushing now there. We'll see. But, I mean, Tennessee to me was the leader as of a week and a half ago. But, again, you know, when when families get involved and they go, man, it's just much easier to come watch you play if you go to Florida. You know, how does that change things? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does. A lot to be determined there. Tennessee obviously likes Jordan Matthews a lot. A kid from Baton Rouge, um, you know, that's a corner. Uh, dad played there, I believe. But for whatever reason, LSU's not much of a factor, but Texas is. Like, you know, so you're battling Texas there. So uh, that's kind of those three positions. But I understand the – the question 100%, especially running back. To me, that's the biggest head-scratcher of them all. Yeah, and I'm just, I mean, and we all make a big deal out of quarterback, and rightly so. But, man, I mean, guys, think about it. Help me out with some names. If you look at, like, who's won this league in the past decade, teams with a lot of NFL running backs. I mean, Georgia last year with, with White and um, Cook, Alabama over the years with just a, a stable of, mm-hmm. you know, Najee Harris, first-round pick. Derrick Henry, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, Mark Ingram. I mean, you better, you better have some guys who are going to play on Sunday at running back and if, if you're going to be at the top of this league. Line of scrimmage, Rob, and you've got to be able to, you know, pick up those third and ones, third and twos to extend drives late in games to either put the game away or to extend a drive to keep the ball to try to go down and win to win the game. So, um, yeah, 100%. I mean, you've got to be better. Now, I'll say this. In theory – Cam Selden is both wide receiver and running back. And so he's a big kid, man. I mean, as, as Nico told me over the weekend, Cam Selden is a grown man and he, and, and he, he is in a lot of ways. I agree with that. So, um, 
you know, when, when you talk about running backs, you've got to also put kind of him in that category too, because if Tennessee's able to find a way to land him, he would get a real look um, there. And Selden's coming in for an official visit in June, correct? Yeah, the 17th. Yep. That's right. Okay. And kind of on that note, and you got to have, you got to have a number of running backs as well. And that's something that, you know, Tennessee's coaching staff has kind of preached that it can't just be one. And, and heck, Jabari Small, I mean, his durability is always going to be in question. So you got to have more than one. Um, how many offensive linemen do you see the Vols taking in this 23 class? This is from Gaffney VFL 89. I think typically, guys, um, you know, four to five usually. Uh, I know Tennessee is in on it, you know, for for a number of those guys. Not all those guys are going to commit to Tennessee, but uh, like a lot of tackles and a guy like Bryson Sanders can play is, is going to play inside at the next level. Uh, you know, as we spoke on on Tuesday, you know, Lucas Simmons and, and, and Francis could potentially slot inside if they had to. But I would say that number AP, correct me if I'm wrong here, would be four for sure, if not five. Yeah, well, I think five, but I think they want to take multiple tackles. Lucas Simmons is a straight tackle. I don't yeah. see him sliding. He's just too long. Um, but Francis could. I mean, Francis to me again is Darnell Wright, body, body, body frame. I mean, he's a can play right tackle. I mean, in a pinch, you know, he could play maybe left tackle. I, he kind of like Cade. You know, Cade was always a right tackle, a guard, or a center. He was never really a left tackle, but he could play it if he had to in an emergency role. Uh, that's how I kind of see Francis. You know, I mean, he's. Probably more of a right tackle and or or a, or a dominant guard, much like Trey Smith. Um, you know, it, I just think Tennessee wants to continue to swing hard at tackles, and that is, you know, somewhat Francis, but it's also Lucas Simmons, and it's you know Wilkin Formby and it's Stanton Rammel, and you know the you know it's a uh, Shad Umarov, uh, the the kid from down there in Georgia, who to me that's a Tennessee Georgia battle. Um, Georgia's swinging hard there too. So, yeah, I mean, I, they want to go hard on the tackles. Bryson Sanders is, again, a kid who could play guard, but is also a center probably at the next level. He could play center this fall for Baylor. So, you know, athletic kid, big, and uh, I think can can really thrive on the inside. Smart. This one's from Shelby uh, R14 asking about who from LSU give Tennessee issues. I know we're not masters of LSU's depth chart here, but their receiver, um, Butte, Keyshawn Butte, I believe is his name. I mean, he'll be a first-round draft pick next year, so that's a guy that will give Tennessee some issue. Um, on defense, B.J. Ojolari is still there, I believe, and he can get out for the passer. Um, of course, they lost their really, really good uh, cornerback who was taken third overall by the Texans, but those are two guys that stick out to me about LSU. That's one of the premier um, SEC West games this year, obviously. Uh, aside from Nico, who is the most important recruit who is currently committed to Tennessee? This is from Stephen uh, GD Free. I would uh, go ahead. Give your opinion. I don't know. I thought about this the other day. If it's not, I mean, probably Caleb Herring. To be completely honest with you, um, that's where I was going to go. I would have told you six weeks ago when Caleb Herring told me he thought he was going to be the Nico of the defense as far as recruiter, I was like, eh, we'll see. Like, <laughs> you just don't like have a dynamic, like kind of engage. Like Caleb, was, I mean, he's just not like a huge personality, but he's morphed himself into that. I mean, he worked it as hard as Saturday as anybody did, including Nico. I mean, he was all over Rico Walker, all over Sean Davion Bradley, and, and in a good way. You know, I mean, those guys talked glowingly about, you know, meeting Caleb for the first time, getting to spend time with him, being on the other side of Caleb, having another top-end guy on the other side, you know, that type of stuff. So, 
Um, I agree with you, Eric. I, you know, I thought you might go Jack Luttrell just because his impact in, in recruiting, but I think when you look at impact and then, you know, football player, it, it is it is definitely Caleb Herring. Yeah, and, and you know, Jack Luttrell's kind of been, you know, the the subject of some rumors right now, but he's done a great job of, you know, being a spokesman and doing that, and he's he has been that guy for the last year or whatever, and um, he'll be officially visiting here in a little bit. But I was also going to say, if not Caleb, which was my answer. Now, Aiden Bustle is a guy that talks to all these offensive linemen all the time. Yeah. And obviously, Tennessee's in on a number of these offensive linemen, like you mentioned. So uh, he would be behind me. Rob, kick us off here. This is from Sam Smith, 2233. Um, what recruit that came in this past weekend did Tennessee make the most ground on? Obviously, Tamarian Parker would be one day that jumps up the page. Yeah, from the guys I talked to, I mean, it was, it definitely seemed like Parker. And, and, and again, you know, I don't know exactly where he stood on Tennessee before he came in. I and mean, it seemed like they were already pretty high. Um, but I think, you know, he had seen Michigan state recently as well, who he's called his other finalist. And, um, it seemed like Tennessee really, you know, stamped themselves as the leader. Cause like we talked about on the, the podcast earlier this week, in this day and age, you just don't see kids come out a lot and, and name, you know, their, their top school. I mean, that happens occasionally, but mm-hmm. not, um, not very often. I mean, the two, they, they enjoy playing the recruiting game too much. I mean, that's, you know, once you start identifying your leaders, I think you get a little less interesting to you know, to fans. But he was pretty emphatic that Tennessee was on top, and um, you know, for, and from talking to you guys and reading, you know, stuff that other that, that you guys are putting out, it it, it sounds like I'd put Chad and Bradley up there. Um, Absolutely, with him as far as somebody Tennessee really made a move with. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Bradley's up there. Parker's up there. Um, I mean, Slaughter's been up there for a long time. Uh, anybody else that, I mean, uh, Whitson, Will Whitson loved his time here at Tennessee. Um, I mean, th- those are the names that come to mind. Anybody else, AP? Yeah, Francis. I wouldn't throw Slaughter in there just because, I mean, I they mean, were already been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would throw Francis in there. All right. Two more. These are baseball questions. I'll get these. Uh, better matchup still from Sam Smith for the Vols, Campbell or Georgia Tech? I would say Georgia Tech because Campbell's got pitching. Uh, which team do you think makes it out of the Statesboro region and how many SEC teams make it to Omaha? I don't know about SEC teams to Omaha, um, but I think the team out of the Statesboro region will probably be Notre Dame or it could be Texas Tech, but Notre Dame was going to host. Um, I think that was kind of an upset that they didn't get a get a host, uh, a regional here. So that my money would be on Notre Dame. Uh, Athron has got a couple of questions here in terms of recruiting AP. Any reason Ramon Jefferson drifted away from Tennessee? Yeah, he he didn't drift away from Tennessee. Tennessee drifted away from Ramon Jefferson. <laughs> How many defensive linemen and wide receivers will be in this class? Tennessee took four wide receivers last year uh, and a number of pass rushers, two interior defensive lines in 2022. But I think they'll, they, they'd they like to take a lot of defensive linemen, AP. They would. Um, I, I think you're looking at three, maybe four receivers, depending on who they get. Um, really, I think you're looking at Carnell Tate, Nathan Laycock, Demetrius Bell from Blackman, like, uh, yeah, I, I think you're looking at, you know, like, I think it's going to be Carnell Tate and then, like, that next group of guys. I, I don't, you know, they're not going to get Carnell Tate and Aid Mizell and all the, you know, um, all that stuff. So, I, it's kind of like, it's, and, and again, Carnell Tate's no slam dunk. I mean, I know everybody likes Tennessee. I think Tennessee's in a good spot, but Ohio State is not going away. They are pulling back around. And, and taking a massive swing right now. So Tennessee's going to have to, you know, kind of, you know, withstand that uh, over the next couple of weeks. 
Who are the true middle linebackers in this class that Tennessee's recruiting? We've mentioned already a couple. T. Lander, C.J. Allen, of course. Cam Robinson. Uh, Cam Robinson. Uh, Keevon Thunderbird. What, what's, what's the status there? Tennessee still likes him, correct, AP? Yeah, still recruiting him. Okay. Update on Aiden Williams. This is from All Ball Recruiting. It doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like much is going on with Aiden Williams lately. Are they going to push for any new high school defensive tackles? I mean, there's a name that pop up all the time, and it's a long time before signing. Well, Steph, Steph Green at Rome is is a guy that that Rodney is recruiting really, really hard. Clemson, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia is definitely going to swing there. But with the whole Adam Anderson thing um, at Georgia, you just wonder how people at Rome feel about the Bulldogs. I mean, I know they still love Georgia, but at the same time, that's one of their own that was kind of, you know, pushed out, and you know, and may, maybe you know. Over time, it comes out that he's either, you know, guilty or not guilty. But either way, it was just kind of put in a tough spot, much like Tennessee was put in a tough spot with, you know, A.J. Johnson once upon a time. Hey, Rob, answer this one because it applies for basketball as well. Um, For your average recruit, this is from BFL underscore 333. What percentage of your recruiting information comes from the following? I mean, we're not going to break it down to percentages, I'm sure. But the player himself, family, other recruits, UT coaches, high school coaches and other mods and rivals network. I mean, that's, it's a, uh, it's a combination, but mostly from, I would imagine UT coaches and the player himself, correct? Yeah, I would say not in none from other recruits, yeah. uh, none from, none, none from high school coaches. Yeah. I, like we said, I think it was last week. I mean, sometimes as AP mentioned, he talks to writers from all networks. Uh, some some mods from other rival networks will help you out, and that's that's cool. But I mean, typically, at least from my experiences, it's it, it's more of the two that we just mentioned there. Thoughts on the running back board? It's uh, Jeremiah Cobb, Deshaun Bishop, as as AP just mentioned uh, moments ago. Um, what do you believe the coaches board looks like on the defensive line? Of course, we've been mentioning some names. And a lot of names came in this past weekend, but I mean, I think early. the biggest thing is don't get caught up in the board because you're not talking about quarterback where they're taking one. What's a quarterback board look like? Well, here and then here, here, here. They're taking five, six defensive linemen. So don't worry about the board. Just worry about you know Tamarion Parker. To worry about Hunter Osborne. You know Vic Burley. You know Keldrick Falk, Elijah Davis, Will Whitson. Just keep going down the line. I mean, it, that's. That, that's all that matters with, with those with those other positions. Hey, AP, I know these guys are technically linebackers or Leos, but are Harriet and um, Bradley not pretty much the, the same guy? I mean, I'm not saying you don't want both of them. I mean, I think but you want – that's what you want. You want all those edge guys. I mean, like, to, to be able to go potentially James Pierce, Josh Josephs, into Caleb Herring, Sean Davion Bradley, and even maybe even Rico Walker, like, that's a – you know, Tennessee – That looks pretty strong on paper. Tennessee for so long, Rob, has just struggled to have edge guys. And, you know, they've had to make some non-edge guys edge guys, and they've just been kind of been okay players to get some real talent on the edge that can get after the quarterback, to me, is a huge sign uh, for uh, what's to come. Another one from Shelby 14. How good could the 2012 offense have been if Derek Rogers had not been kicked off the team? It was already pretty good. I yeah, guess. I, mean, I was going to say. That's CP's one year, right, Cordero's? Yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, that was I – mean, they were really – I mean, God, how many of those offensive linemen played the NFL? I mean, I know you get caught up in talking about the skill positions. Because- yeah, Fulton, James, uh, uh, James Stone, 
Um, Tiny Richardson never made it to the league. And was the most talented probably all those guys. Yeah, probably played on practice squad. Um, But, yeah, I mean, a lot of talent on that offense. You know, then you forget about Michael Rivera, too. Yes, you do. Good point, AP. Of course, just couldn't stop anybody that year, but could score with <laughs> score with the best of them. Do the checkerboard wants to know? Uh, we've talked about Ramon Jefferson at nauseum here, but AP, is there anybody else in the transfer market out there no. running back? Nope. Okay. Um, baseball question from DC Vols 25. Try to answer it the best we can. How many non-seniors will be gone from this baseball team next year, in your opinion? I mean, there's a ton, like in the starting yeah. nine, there's a yeah. ton that can be well, gone. Yeah, let me if you okay. Left field, Seth Stevenson will be back. Drew Gilbert's gone. Jordan Beck's gone. Go to the infield. Trey Lipson's gone. Corlin Lawson, don't you think he's back? I feel like he's back, but he, he – I, I think could. he's back. Yeah. I think Jarrell Ortega is going to look hard, but I think there's the potential for him to be back. I agree. Um, Luke you know, is you, gone. You lose Luke and you lose Evan Russell. So, right there, you know, you basically – it's a lot of gones. Maybe you get the – maybe you keep the middle part of your infield. But, you know, it, it's going to be made easier. Blake Burks will ship to first base. Christian Moore, third base or outfield. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are going to be guys that have played. And that's what makes – that's what made this past or, – or this year, like, you know, okay. Because, you know, some of those guys had played significant roles and all of a sudden now they were getting – or they played partial roles and now they were into significant roles. And they're not just going from nowhere to somewhere. Much like next year, you're going to have a bunch of players that, you know, do the same thing. You know, does Kyle Booker finally get off the mat? Like, he struggled this year. He was injured early. And, you know, the other day he had what I call was a horrendous at-bat. Yeah, it was bad. um, Down down in Hoover. But, I mean, he's got a lot of potential, you know. And and it would not surprise me at all if he's one of Tennessee's better players a year from now once he gets his opportunity. So, uh, again, I, I think, you know, Tennessee will have to retool some things. The best thing they got going for them is that pitching staff's back. So, you know, when you think about having all three of your starting pitchers back, that allows your offense to come along a little little bit uh, slower and you'll be okay. Yeah, you'll lose some bullpen arms. Um, but, I mean, Tennessee lost its starters last year, except for Blade Tidwell coming back and didn't have him for half the year. So, I couldn't You're going to lose much. Joyce and you're going to lose Redmond Walsh. More than likely, yeah. you know, Joyce. Um, you know, but I mean, I think Will Mabry will be back. You know, I, I you look at the other guys coming out of the, the bullpen. I I think there's going to be some key pieces that are back though. And I mean, look, man, much like Redmond Walsh, you can't understate his value. Same thing with Kirby Connell. Mm-hmm. Kirby, Kirby <laughs> Kirby's going to have that extra COVID year in a couple of years. He's just a junior, but he's going to end up having that extra COVID year. Like that's huge because you know. It, He's not got an arm that translates to Major League Baseball, but he's got an arm that translates to having success at this level. So a guy like him is like Evan Russell. He wants to maximize his his playing career the best. You know, Having a guy like that that you know you can depend on to come out of the pen for the next couple of years is big. Yeah, and uh, again, the, bringing the starting pitchers back, the middle infield, and then having Burke in an everyday role, Jerry Dickey in an everyday role. There you go. And Christian Moore in an everyday role. You're going to be sitting pretty. Uh we got currently in a better football recruiting program as of June 1st, 2022. This is interesting because, AP, you mentioned this team a couple of days ago, Clemson or Tennessee, because Clemson's been down in recruiting a little bit the last couple of seasons. Oh, man. You know, I'd say they're about even. Like, I think Clemson's come down a little bit and Tennessee's picked up their game, you know. Um, you know, but, I mean, here's the other thing. Like, I, 
I see this on the board all the time, you know, Spire Sports, oh, you know, we just go go buy players, go get players. Other, other schools are catching up. Again, they always were going to. Like the, every school that was ahead in NIL or perceived to be ahead in NIL, you know, they were going to eventually get caught because these other, you know, there was only so far they can go. And these other teams were finally going to catch, get their act together and start coming along. So what you're going to see is more of a balancing, like it's like sifting through dirt. Like you're going to have a kind of a, you know, have a good sift here and it's going to, you know, everything's going to kind of be on a similar playing field, in my opinion, not all, but a lot of your heavy hitters are like, you know, there are certain schools that are just never going to compete with the bigger schools, but you know, much of the much much of the schools will be similar, you know. Some may be a little bit better than others, but similar. And so, um, right now, I would say Tennessee and Clemson are pretty even. Clemson's a hot team in recruiting right now. They were getting mentioned a lot, you know. So is Tennessee. I, you know, I saw a graphic on Twitter, and it was, you know, kind of like, you know, top ten players in the country, and you know, yeah, Nico committed it whatever number he was. And then down at like 10 was Francis and Tennessee's the projected favorite there to be, you know, to, to kind of have that power T logo on both that, 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 that helps Tennessee in my opinion, because, you know, kids see that parents see that and it just, it matters. And AP, I know, I mean, it's, it's early, but for Clemson, I mean, Clemson has been one of these schools that has always, or not always, but under Dabo when they've been really good, have been able to get guys to jump in the boat early. You know, and then and they, I mean, they're sitting there now with what four commits, I, I think. Yeah, they've kind of changed their approach. You know, I, I think they, they found their approach, especially like, you know, on the offensive line, you know, to be, you know, probably flawed. Uh, to, Clemson's offensive line recruiting has been not very good. And, you know, they've got a couple of guys, but for the most part, it's been, they've just taken a lot of bodies early. And then because they just want to be done, these, these, the coaches at Clemson, like they, they want everybody in the boat. Once they're in the boat, they threaten them with their life. If they take a visit, we'll cut you. If you visit, we'll cut you. You will not have a spot if you visit anywhere. And a lot of the, you know, they were so hot for so long and the, and the really cool school that so many of these players were like, you know, scared to do anything. So when a school called it, that maybe they had interest in, they wouldn't visit because they were scared to. They didn't want to lose their spot at Clemson, you know. And, you know, I think what inevitably happened there is, you know, they got into the season and said, man, these guys we took, they can't play. <laughs> and, and, and like, Dabo wasn't big on cutting kids. Now, he, you've seen him do that a few more times um, the last couple of years than he had before. But, you know, I, I do think that, that Clemson has kind of reevaluated how they do things. That don't mean they don't want to get more than four at this point, but they don't. They, they do not want uh, a, a whole slew of commits like they've had in years past because, you know, again, it puts them in a weird spot to whether they have to cut kids, and I mean a lot of kids, because they were just missing on a lot, um, or they take bad players. Well, we got a couple of basketball ones here. This first one's from UT Basketball Enthusiast 12. Any new potential targets for the basketball team? No, I've been asked that several times on, on the board. I don't I don't have any names to throw it out there at you. Assuming you're talking about you know guys that are going to come in and enroll right now. But I will, like I've, I've said several times, this time last year, nobody had ever heard of Zakai Ziegler. So yeah. don't rule anything out. Don't certainly don't rule them out. Find someone before the end of August. And obviously Tennessee show that it wants a point guard and likely going to be the market for a big man. Uh, this one's from hard hat Vol. What is your best guess on the basketball rotation and starting five look like next season? 
uh, I'd really like to see these kids in the gym first before anybody wants to hold me to something. But um, so, um, Zakai, Santi, Josiah, Olivier, uh, I think all four penciled in as starters. You know, this Coach Barnes pulled the trigger and, and just start with that small ball lineup with Josiah at the four and, and play Julian Phillips, you know, at, at the three. I love that as a changeup. I think that's worked so well for Tennessee as a changeup. And, of course, injuries last year and in years past, they've had to go to that pretty routinely. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll start the game that way. I could yeah. be wrong. But, anyway, those those would be my, my top five as far as minutes. And then um, either Adu or Euro, she's going to start. Both those guys are going to play a lot. And Tyreek Key is going to get minutes. So, what is what is that? Josiah, Santi, Phillips, Yerosh, Olivier, Zakai, um, Adu. That's seven guys, and I think yeah. guaranteed minutes. Tyreek Key, I think, is certainly going to play. There's eight guys who are going to be get guaranteed minutes. And then, you know, I know they like Jamal Meshack, but who's he taking minutes away from there? Um, I don't really know that DJ Jefferson is going to be ready to, to battle for minutes, and that's fine. I'm not sure about DJ. If they don't sign another point guard, I think DJ Edwards – is going to get some minutes as he played 15, 20 minutes a game. I don't know about that. And um, I'm not sure that, that Tobey Awaka is ready to come in. I know the staff loves him, but I'm um, not sure what kind of role he, he will have early. But So there eight, seven, eight guys with guaranteed minutes, I think. Back to football, the Artful Dodger seven. Demetrius Bell, what's his skill set? He's a name that's obviously picked up an offer. He's been mentioned a lot here, AP. What's his skill set, and was the ball offer the one he's been waiting for? Uh, he's a wide receiver. Um, you know, was at McGavick, now is at Blackman, and uh, he's long, rangy, got good ball skills, can run. That's kind of his skill set, and uh, uh, told me on uh, Wednesday that, yes, the offer from Tennessee was – he called it one of his dream schools. I'm not sure who the other dream schools are, but he said one of his dream schools. He that was that was a big offer for him. Camp season starting uh, actually started yesterday. There's going to be another one on Saturday. Anyone that's coming up to camp this week that would commit on the spot if offered? I mean, there's uh, doubtful, probably no. Um, AP, you have way more experience than that with me, but I would I would answer that as a no, probably. Yeah, I, I don't see it now. Um, Antonio Cochran Jr. guy played Georgia. Played for the Seahawks, played for Rodney. He's coming up this weekend. He will go through camp. If he performs well at camp, you might, you might see Tennessee go go on him. And I don't mean he's going to commit. I'm just saying that's a name to watch that does not have an offer that could by, by the weekend. J.D. Vol 98 to the Vols, or do you think the Vols wear the black and smoky grays this fall or just yeah. grays? I think you said grays in the chat, if I'm not Well, mistaken. I said I, no, they'll, they'll have both options. Okay. I, they were asking what – is it going to be a new – you know, are they going to look for a new uh, a new alternative? I think they'll have both all opportunities. Um, you'll have gray and black as options. I think that's the big thing is, like, have options. You know, you might not wear a black one year. And you may wear gray, or you may wear both, or you may wear, you know, black and not gray. You know, I, I, and that's the biggest thing that they're trying to do. I do think that, you know, the they looked at a chrome helmet, and that is not going to happen. <laughs> you wear gray on black, right? I mean, there's so many different options here. 
I don't uh, think they'll wear that. it'll be gray on gray or black on black. They won't wear. I know this isn't working here. Uh, Burrow Boys six one five. Couple of rapid fire ones here for you, AP. Carnell Tate timeline still the same in a couple of weeks, probably early July, likely. Oh, no, I said mid June. All right, sorry, like uh, mid to late June. And I forgot today's June, and it's not mm-hmm. July. <laughs> Got my day, um, my months. Yeah, mid June, mid June, and again, like you know, Ohio State's swinging hard there right now, so. You know, I mean, all the people that just thought it was done, it's not done. Again, I think Tennessee's still in a good spot, but they're going to have to withstand, you know, an Ohio State push here. Could Tennessee go into August with half of the recruiting class filled, say about 14-plus commitments? I'll say yes. Because, I mean, you're what? You're what, at nine right now? Yeah, yeah. they have nine. And they're going to add several in the next, you know, 60 days, in my opinion. Yeah. Which side of the ball has been more impressive uh, once the class – is all said and done, offense or defense? Defense. I'm going defense. I mean, I think and, and credit to Josh Heupel. He a couple of months ago, he 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 really made a real effort to to go hard on the defense. Um, and and it showed up. It showed up this past weekend with just the players they had in town. It showed up just kind of in translation with you know who they're deep in on. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's not to say they're gonna get them all because they're not, you know, but they're gonna get, I think, their fair share of a group of kids that I think are pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I was asked this question as well, and I think obviously when you have Nico, if you were to land Tate and Francis, I mean those pillars on offense, that's fantastic. But yeah, quality. I mean when you look, when when you're looking at when you, everybody's gonna get caught up in five star, five star, five star, yeah, yeah. whereas like the I'm quality looking at, of the the high four stars of the edge players on defense. Yeah, I mean I, I know what you're yeah talking. that's where I'm going. Yeah, uh, last one looking at your crystal ball. What is one thing you're most I don't interested do to see? Ball. <laughs> you you do a you do a, a fifty cent gift. I, I don't do well, but again, I don't give away the kids' commitment, and I never give away a kid's commitment once he's told me what's going to happen. Let's so AP. Let's just do a percentage. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Who are you most interested to see when fall camp starts? Christian Charles is for me. I can't wait to see him. Oh, you're saying him. you're saying crystal ball for the for the season? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, so cut me off there. I know you're right. I did. That's my fault. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go James Pierce, man. I just just think that he's got a skill set that, you know, if he can put on a little bit of weight this summer heading into fall camp, which is hard because it's summertime, so it's warm, it's hot, it's easy to, you know, keep it trimmed off. Um, You know, I'll go James Pierce as far as new guys. I was going to say, is that only about new guys? No, it can be about anybody. Oh, I guess so. You said Charles. Uh I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't, I think it's so hard for these kids to play on in the trenches when they're first in the in the first year. But Tyree West, I mean, just how he, I thought he looked pretty tantalizing in, in the spring. I don't, He's going to play, Rob. He's going. Yeah, to that's. Play. I mean, that's kind of what I think. I mean, I'm. In, in, I mean, I, I don't want to hype him up too much, but that that's one guy I'm, I'm interested to see if he legit looks like he's ready to you know play some defensive tackle as a freshman in the SEC. Oh, we'll go through a couple here. Just a couple of minutes left. Uh, what's the latest update on the SEC football pods? They're not going to do pods. Um, and your thoughts on the proposed permanent opponents? Um, still discussing the one seven three six at the SEC media days. Well, they're not. They're not. No one's proposed these opponents. Like everybody just is guessing. Everyone's assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's assuming I mean, like, that the long that, the longstanding Vanderbilt's in the Alabama would be two of the three. But you're right. No one's proposed it yet. But I, I think I think those would be two of the three, and if it, I, I believe if there was the one seven model, it'd be Vanderbilt. But we'll have to see. Um, but it sounds like pods is not going to be a thing here. 
uh, at least right now. I still think pods will happen whenever they they get more teams in the SEC in years to come. Uh, Volunteers 52, AP over under two and a half commits between now and June 25th. That's a good number, man. Somebody asked me that in the chat the other night. Um, You know, I'll lean over, but it could easily be under. I think that number is either two or three, and that's why I said that two and a half number is really good. Is Tennessee done with transfers uh, that would be in for the upcoming season? They've brought this Juco offensive lineman in. He's a guy. He's just a body, man. I mean, I'm not trying to poop on the kid, but if you're a Juco guy and you're still out there at this point in time, you're just a body, a, a body for depth. And last one from Orange Grizz 91. Could you illustrate what the summer summer program looks like for coaches and players? How do players spend their time? What access are the coaches allowed to have with players? There's different phases, as always. Of course, they're about to start June term. It'll be a summer class. Um, and, and then, of course, they can start workouts and all that. And, and for coaches, June is camp season. So, you know, you're working like crazy and official visit time. July is the dead period up until the yeah, last they, they, week. They get, I mean, they get away, man. They, they work the phones in recruiting, but, you know, they, they take vacations for weeks in July. And they should, yeah. man. I mean, I mean, it, it Everybody saw the amount of time, and again, I think all coaches. This isn't a Josh Heupel or, or or any particular person. This is all of them. They all work stupid hours, and it's like really to me unneeded. Like you know, if you can't get accomplished between eight and seven or eight and six, you know, I mean, like getting in there at six o'clock in the morning, having a staff meeting at seven, and being there till ten or eleven o'clock at night most of the year is just it's crazy but these guys work insane hours so when they get a chance to go be with their families they go and be with their families just like on memorial day they went and they spent their time with their families and last one from vol i am does the first when do the uh dominoes begin to fall from the memorial day weekend i think you've been pretty consistent in this and i think i think i think mid 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 to late june is the first it will be first dominoes and then after that, you know, we'll see. Um, but I, I think July is more profitable than June. And, and I think June can have some people. Again, movement nonetheless coming up this summer uh, following the big Memorial Day, Rocky Tapapalooza and official visit season coming up here in June and all that. We got plenty of coverage still with recruiting wrapping up from uh, this past weekend up on the front page and uh, tons of baseball coverage coming up this weekend. As always, been the the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast brought to you by Smoky Mountain Organics. Three locations in East Tennessee, including one right here in Knoxville, 8018 Kingston Pike, across the street from the Trader Joe's. Check it out or visit online. Shop online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. For Rob Lewis, awesome price. I'm Eric Kane. Thanks so much for listening to the Mailbag Edition Podcast. Have a good Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.